0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Midday Magazine for this Thursday, October 6th. I'm Julie Hersey, and coming up in local news, we have some election results from Petersburg and election results from Ketchikan and Sitka. Two newcomers have unseated incumbents in Petersburg's borough assembly. All the ballots were hand-counted yesterday. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra has these election
1: results. Newcomers Scott Newman and Donna Marsh will fill two three-year term seats on Assembly. They received more votes than incumbents Jay Stanton Greger and Chelsea Tremblay, as well as former Assembly member Kurt Wahlhuter. Scott Newman earned the most votes at 587. Donna Marsh received the second most votes with 519. Stanton Greger was 32 votes behind at 487. Chelsea Tremblay had 431, and Wallhuter, 239. In a candidates forum hosted by KFSK and the Petersburg pilot prior to the election, Newman said he wants to bring the community together.
2: The last couple of years have been really hard on us as a community, and um, there's been a lot of division. The assembly has been a source of controversy, and we have a lot of Uh, big projects coming at us and I feel like I would bring some common sense and uh, a balanced approach and and some common sense to the table.
1: Marsh said she was running for office as a fiscal conservative. My desire is to add a conservative perspective to this body to allow and encourage discussion of so many issues uh, affecting the people of this town and to rein in the overreach that's been so prevalent in the recent past. Newman and Marsh agreed on several topics in the candidates forum. They both disapproved of how the borough managed the COVID pandemic response. Marsh called it an extreme overreach. Both said the community should first look to private enterprise for solutions to the housing problem and the childcare shortage. Here's Newman on housing.
2: Housing, yeah, I think uh, we need to leave that to private enterprise. I think we need to be careful about if we open up land. Like, who's going to move in? There's no doubt in my mind that uh, people from down south uh, they want to they want to move here.
1: The two new assembly members differed on one issue: a new hospital. Newman said he supported the borough and Petersburg Medical Center pursuing one. Marsh does not. I do feel passionate about the hospital. Uh, crunching the numbers it to me it does not make sense i realize a hospital that is currently standing is in dire need of uh, some repairs uh, but i think we need to be more creative to do something that is manageable to get the thing uh, up and running as well as maintain for the future incumbent mark jensen won the mayoral election by a large margin he received 642 votes Bob Lynn had 363 votes, and Jeff Mucci had 177 votes. Jensen, who is a commercial fisherman, has been mayor for about a decade. He said in a candidates forum that he's running again because there's still work to be done.
3: A couple things I would like to continue working on is uh, getting the Coast Guard buoy tender to be stayed, you know, ported in Petersburg when they uh, build the new ships. Um, Another thing, I'd like to hope hope to see the Scal Bay turnaround developed and potentially the bypass road um, behind the airport.
1: There were three hospital board seats available. Elected were incumbents Cindy Lagadakis with 656 and Joe Stratman with 663 and newcomer Kimberly Simbahan with 584. James Roberts received 516 votes. There were two seats available for the Harbor and Ports Advisory Board. Casey Knight and John Murgis got seats. They had 644 and 559 votes respectively. Scott Roberge and Raleigh Cook lost and were almost even. They had 420 and 408 votes respectively. There were two three-year terms on the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board open. Sarah Fine Walsh got 679 votes. Michelle Font was a write-in and also won with 170 votes. Lisa Schrammack was also a write-in and lost with 136. Propositions 1, 2, and 3 all passed by large margins. Yes votes led with 795, 881, and 708 votes respectively. The election results will remain unofficial until the borough's canvas board meets Friday at 9 a.m. to certify the results. According to the borough, 1,211 people voted this year. That's 40 more ballots than last year. The voter turnout over the past few years for the municipal election has been relatively stable. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra.
0: Yes, the election turnout of voters was 40 percent of registered voters and we will have uh, these results will be fully certified by the assembly tomorrow morning at nine and full election results will be posted here at kfsk later today Ketchikan Gateway Borough Mayor Rodney Dial has a substantial lead after in-person Election Day votes were counted in Tuesday's municipal election. And a proposition that would remove borough funding for Ketchikan's library appears on track to fail. But as Eric Stone reports, there are still hundreds of ballots left to be counted.
3: Ketchikan Gateway Borough Mayor Rodney Dial has a nearly 300-vote lead over challenger Katie Parrott in preliminary results. About 54% of in-person voters cast ballots for Dial. It's a big lead, but the results are not final. There are 680 ballots left to count in borough races, including mayor, assembly, and school board. Those will be counted by the borough's canvas board starting Monday, October 10th. Dial thanked his supporters in an IR interview Tuesday night. I want to
2: thank God for this night, and I want to thank all those people that prayed for me. I'm very humbled that the voters would give me another chance to serve. And I also want to deeply express my gratitude and let the community know that I will do everything I can to make our island a better place for everybody.
3: He also reached out to voters who cast ballots for his opponent.
2: I want to thank her for running a good campaign, and she definitely challenged me. She is a great candidate. And I, and I also want to just let those who didn't vote for me know that I'm going to work harder to earn your trust, you know, and I do care about you. I care about your opinion. And uh, just once again, thank you.
3: In the race for two seats on Ketchikan's Borough Assembly, incumbent Austin Otis leads by about 400 votes. He's received more than 1,700 so far. I think it's so important that uh, younger people are represented in government. So I'm glad I got reelected again, and uh, yeah, I hope I uh, um, represent everybody equally. So thank you. Glenn Thompson is in second with nearly 1,300 votes. Michael Ian Martin is in third, a little more than 200 votes behind. On Catch the school board, Melissa O'Brien looks to have secured one of the two available seats. She was the top overall vote getter with more than 1,700 votes.
1: Very exciting, very humbling.
0: I appreciate, you know, that's 1,755 people who believed in, enough in me to vote, and I appreciate that very much.
3: Tom Hewitt is in second place with more than 1,200 votes. That's a lead of about 180 over the third place finisher Rob Arnold. But Arnold could make up some ground as absentee ballots are counted. A -a once-a-decade proposition asking voters whether to retain the existing voting system for the borough assembly looks to have passed by a wide margin. More than 80% of ballots cast on Tuesday favored keeping the current at-large system. But a proposition that would remove borough funding for the Ketchikan Public Library is narrowly failing in preliminary results. Nearly 55% of borough voters outside city limits voted against that proposition. But there are still nearly 300 absentee questioned and special needs ballots outside city limits to be counted. So it remains to be seen whether the 159 vote margin from election night will hold. In races for Ketchikan City Council incumbent Mark Flora is leading the race for two available three-year terms with more than 600 votes. He's ahead of the third place finisher by roughly 150 votes with about 300 left to count. I don't want to jump the gun, but if this holds up, I think maybe one of the um, things that helped me get back there is just a sense of continuity that the community needs right now, especially with a new manager. Um... New blood, new ideas is always good. But just because you're the incumbent doesn't mean that you can't welcome change and new ideas. Fellow incumbent Lalette Kistler is in second with just over 500 votes, but that's a razor-thin lead of just 33 votes over Kevin Kristovich in third. Ketchikan's City Canvas Board is scheduled to start counting absentee, questioned, and special needs ballots on Friday. There's also a one-year seat on the city council up for election this year. Jack Finnegan looks to have won that race. He has a more than 350-vote lead over second-place finisher Christopher Cummings. Finnegan says he's looking forward to getting to work.
2: I hope to bring uh, a really even-tempered, open mind to the council and uh, the willingness to listen uh, and empathy for all members of our community, but especially those who are uh, most vulnerable for whatever reason and uh, a patience and willingness to learn to admit when I'm wrong and to uh, challenge my own
3: assumptions. City voters also approved one ballot proposition. More than three-quarters of voters favored three-term limits for the mayor and city council. Voter turnout across Ketchikan was 31 percent. That is substantially higher than the 20 percent figure reported last year. Turnout was especially high in areas outside city limits where voters were asked to vote on library funding. In Ketchikan's northernmost precinct, including the Clover Pass area, 43 percent of registered voters came to the polls or cast an absentee ballot. Reporting in
0: Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. The biggest winners in Tuesday's election in Sitka were not candidates, but ballot propositions for a new tax on marijuana to support school activities and by an overwhelming margin for withdrawing $8 million from the city's permanent fund to build a marine haulout and boat yard. Robert Woolsey has this report from Sitka.
2: The effort to fund and build a new marine haulout in Sitka has been underway for three years, but no plan has gained any traction until now.
0: And it finally just became clear that the only way to get this done is for the city to have skin in the game.
2: Linda Benkin is the director of the Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association and a member of the Sitka Community Boatyard, a grassroots organization that submitted a proposal for construction of the project and raised significant cash to build it but was waylaid by the pandemic and the subsequent cost increases. The organization's interest helped convince a group within City Hall to develop Prop 2, which asked voters to take up to $8 million from the recent sale of the Sitka Community Hospital building and apply it toward the construction of a public marine haulout out and boatyard to replace a private facility that closed earlier this year. Assemblymember Tor Christensen was among those who helped craft the proposition He says that just about everyone in Sitka realizes that the town needs a haul-out. The solution proved to be finding a way to pay for one without imposing a new burden on the electorate. The plan worked. In an email to KCAW, Christensen wrote, By using the money from the hospital sale, we do not have to add any more taxes or fees to the average Sitkin. I think that is why it did so well. He went on to say that it was a chance to take advantage of an unusual situation to get the boatyard built with a minimum of pain. Christensen is proud of the work that he and others put into the proposition, but he's realistic, adding that we have a lot of work to go, but now we have a start. Voters passed the proposition by a staggering margin with 80% in favor, 1,225 yes to 309 no. Benkin is really pleased that the ballot passed so convincingly because there have been so many attempts to develop a project with private capital a lot of the preliminary engineering has already been done at Sitka's Gary Paxton Industrial Park. Now, Benkin says it's a matter of designing the best boatyard we can for our fleet and our community. She believes the park's board is poised to move ahead.
0: My understanding is they're going to be moving pretty quickly and working towards getting the environmental permitting that needs to be done and and getting rolling on that.
2: The other ballot question to pass, although by not as large a margin, was Prop 1, which asked voters to replace the regular 6% sales tax on marijuana products with an 8% tax dedicated to support extracurricular activities in Sitka schools. Voters approved of the measure 57 to 43%. Outgoing Assembly Member Kevin Knox is one of the ballot proposition sponsors. He sees the vote as a win that's been in the making since the state legalized cannabis in 2015. Marijuana Advisory Committee talked about this quite quite extensively. Um, it's been debated and, and discussed in the community for quite some time. We've had a, a couple of different assembly discussions about um, you know increasing the tax and, and changing the way we, we structure tax around marijuana products and uh, And this um, I guess is the culmination of it here. The tax is projected to eventually raise up to three hundred thousand dollars. Knox says it will now be up to the school board to determine how to apply it to enhance ha- activities and and be able to uh, provide uh, additional reach for for kids that uh, and families that can't necessarily afford uh, participating in activities at all or you know multiple activities and just be able to, I guess, bring some equity to, um, to everybody that wants to participate. Over 800 absentee and early ballots have yet to be counted in this year's municipal election in Sitka, but it's unlikely that the results would flip the large approval margins voters gave Props 1 and 2 on Election Day. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: That wraps up. Midday Magazine for this Thursday, the news portion anyway.